Hello, welcome to the Find Your Calm podcast. I'm Noelle C. Guevara, a pastor, educator, and writer, learning to navigate faith and family and being a person in this chaotic life. Here in season two, we're doing a deep dive into some of the ways that life can be anxiety-inducing and what it looks like to find your calm in the midst of it all. And today, we'll be focusing in on how to do that while parenting kids who have unique or defined challenges. All kids are unique, but sometimes as a parent, we recognize that our child is more than unique, that while all kids have challenges, some require more insight or information to parent them well. Here's the truth. I don't know how to avoid chaos or how to prevent the anxiety that chaos inevitably causes, but I have had more than a little practice in finding my calm when life beckons anxiety instead. If you're looking for space to take a deep breath, steady yourself, and discern what you need to move forward, you're right where you belong. Listen in for a few simple tips to find your calm and take your next faithful steps forward. Today, I'll share the story of how I got to the place where I realized my child needed more than what I could give and the steps that led to a diagnosis. But first, let's rewind. I am the middle child of my family, the only girl sandwiched between two brothers. We're all separated by two years and completely different personalities. My older brother, Josh, was my first friend. I don't remember much of our relationship before I entered grade school but I'm told that I followed him around everywhere. He was my big brother after all. My mom says he used to come into my room to greet me every morning when I was a baby. I've seen pictures, but I don't remember. What I do remember is that I thought he was amazing, but also other kids thought he was different. Josh has Down syndrome. And as a little girl, I was acutely aware that he was an easy target. Kids would make fun of him. Adults would stare at him and he learned to walk with his head down. I'll never forget the way kids would walk up to me on the playground and ask, what's wrong with him? And I would ball my hands into fists and speak back fiercely, nothing, what's wrong with you? And I meant it, every last word. The world has changed a little for the better. Research has compelled schools to be more inclusive and integrated. Kids with disabilities and disorders and all the diagnoses in between play and learn alongside their typically developing peers to varying degrees. We're learning more about how children's brains work, and it's leading to higher awareness of gifts and challenges that come with terms like ADHD or ASD or other forms of neurodivergence. And we're paying closer attention to mental health in kids and teens and noticing the symptoms of anxiety and depression earlier. If you don't have a child with a diagnosable disorder or disability, you almost certainly have a close friend or family member who does. Between my kids, we are currently sitting at seven diagnoses accumulated over the last two years. While looking back, there were symptoms and signs present all along. It just took me a long time to proactively chase down the assessments. It took a crisis for one child. It took exhaustion for the second. As an educator, I know that these diagnoses don't change anything about my kids. They aren't any different on the day after they receive a new label, per se, than they were the day before. Same kid, same challenges and gifts. But the diagnoses have changed me, the way I frame behaviors, the way I monitor symptoms, the way I respond and learn and offer support. They've also pushed me to explore feelings of disappointment, of fear, 
of guilt, of anger. My kids' challenges or even their diagnoses don't change how much I love them, not one bit. But it hurts to watch your child struggle and it's easy to blame yourself. Wait, let me change that to me language, which I avoid because feelings. I'm hurting as I watch my kids struggle and I easily fall into a pattern of blaming myself. So if you're a parent navigating those feelings, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give you the advice I need most for myself. Practice self-compassion. I'm certain that you're doing your best and your best is what is best for your child. So my child received a diagnosis, but I received a new job description. The way I parented them had to flex to accommodate their needs. It expanded to incorporate new information. It increased in capacity to support them in new ways. I learned new language, strategies, and resources. I built a new support system, navigated a new dimension of parenting, became an advocate for my child. So in some ways, nothing changed from one day to the next, but in many ways, everything changed. All while the everyday tasks and responsibilities that were there before were still present moving forward. Whether your child receives a medical or a mental health diagnosis, you're going to add a lot to your plate, and that may mean your plate is too heavy to carry. Maybe you're in a place where you're wondering if your child may have unique challenges. You're asking, are these behaviors typical? Is my child just being difficult, or is there something more going on here? Why does my kid seem to struggle more in school or at home than other kids do? Am I just failing as a parent? Is this just a phase? Should I share my concerns with the professional? How do I help my child? I keep trying, but why is nothing working? If you're still in the wondering phase, you're likely carrying around a lot of guilt and maybe shame, judging yourself harshly for thinking that there's something wrong with your child. I've been there and I remained stuck there for too long. Stuck in this idea that by requesting some sort of intervention, I was just trying to make my child easier to parent. Stuck in this loop of things getting worse, then improving just enough to convince myself that I'd imagined it all before things got worse again and we'd loop back through again. Stuck in my own fear that a label would define my child by their struggles instead of by their strengths. It was my teenager's mental health crisis that propelled me out of that stuck position. We struggled up and down in that crisis. And in the moments where our heads were above water, I could finally see that a diagnosis meant that my kids who were struggling would struggle less with the supports in place that they needed. I was white knuckling my way through, trying to provide my kids with everything they needed and exhausting us both in the process. Maybe you've moved past the wondering phase, you've set an appointment or even received a diagnosis. And now you're asking, how do I support my child? What needs to change? Will things get easier? What support is there for me? Can I do this? Will my child be okay? Where do I begin? Is it okay to grieve? How do I talk about this with my child, with their siblings? What's my next faithful step forward? There are so many more questions and answers, and I'm still fairly new to this brand of chaos, but whether you're wondering if your child should be diagnosed or you're wondering what to do with their diagnosis, here are a few simple steps to find your calm in the midst of it all. First, ask, why is this so hard? You're likely in a place where parenting your child is really hard. 
In order to answer the question of why it's so hard, you'll have to first identify what things are making it hard. So here's an exercise. Set a timer for two minutes and do a brain dump. List as many things as you can that you find challenging. Zoom out and consider behaviors, concerns, fears, decisions, questions, your own capacity, issues at home, at school, and so on. Identify the challenges, then move on to the next step. Step two, ask, what would make this easier? Once you have a list of things that are challenging, patterns may begin to emerge. Maybe it's a list of behaviors. Maybe it's your own feelings of frustration or insecurity. Maybe it's the impact on relationships with your child, your partner, the school. Once you identify some patterns, start to think about what would change those patterns in ways that would make it easier. Do you need more answers or information, support from a partner or a community? Maybe you need to practice self-compassion or remove some things from your plate. Step three, identify one next faithful step forward. At this point, your list of things that you need may feel overwhelming. Start with one thing. What is one thing you can do or ask for that would make this easier? Do the one thing, then move on and do the next. Schedule the appointment, find your village, have the hard conversation, start with one step and the next step will follow a little easier. Trust me on this, that first step, it's so hard, but it carries you forward to the next faithful step. Step four, build a support system. This support system should have layers and those layers should include support for you and your child. Highly recommend starting with therapy. And here's my hot take. If your child is in therapy, you should be in therapy. Additional layers could include other professional resources. Think specialists. A support group for you or your child, trusted friends who you can talk to, your child's teacher, your faith community, your child's teacher or school, and so on. If you have a therapist, they can also advise you where to turn for additional support. Step five, finally, be realistic about your capacity. Recognize that parenting kids with unique or increased needs requires more out of you. Even if you have a village of doctors and therapists and resources supporting you, you are still having to do all the regular things we do as parents, plus more. You are constantly assessing and meeting needs, learning new information, monitoring symptoms, advocating on behalf of your child, teaching or reinforcing new strategies and making a thousand split second decisions based on split second observations just to prevent or curb or rein in any number of behaviors. All of that on top of the everyday life stuff that never lets up. When you look around and you see parents of so-called typical children and you feel like they're doing more and doing better than you, don't you dare play the comparison game. They are not the standard because you are already exceeding that standard. You can't raise the bar and bring all the dead weight with you. You have to clear things off your plate that are not essential. You have to lower the bar where it matters less. You have to say no to things because you're saying yes to loving your child right where they're at right now. You may say no to sports and yes to therapy. You might say no to a clean house and yes to reading that book that will help you parent. You might say no to busy weekends so you can say yes to creating space to recover for another week ahead. 
ruthlessly eliminate every possible life-draining thing that isn't serving you well and throw your arms wide open to welcome in every life-giving thing that could serve you better. If you're looking for a resource that will help you talk to your child about their diagnosis or more generally about some of their challenges and strengths, I'm going to be sharing something I put together on my Instagram page this week and I'll link it in my monthly newsletter. Follow me on Instagram or sign up for my newsletter at noelcguevara.com so you don't miss out. When I sat down to share my child's diagnosis with them recently, I used this method and I'm confident it helped. I was so worried my child would struggle with learning about their diagnoses. And after our conversation, they communicated that they felt hopeful and excited to learn more. I hope it helps frame your conversations with your child so that they too can feel hopeful and excited to explore the unique and amazing ways that they're created. Today, I'm going to close with a simple practice, a next faithful step forward. It's a prayer of release, which is simply a prayer that prompts us to release the things that are burdening and distracting us so that we can receive the things that can renew us. If you're not a praying person, you can just simply use this as a guided meditation. Settle into a comfortable seated position. Anchor your feet on the floor, lean into your chair, feeling it press into your back and support your body. Lay your hands open in your lap and take a deep inhale in, then a slow exhale out. Now, take another slow, deep inhale in and as you do, imagine your hands holding plates filled with your responsibilities your unresolved questions, your worries. Then as you release your breath, imagine releasing those things into the air. Let them float away, picturing your hands open and your plates empty. I'll close with this prayer. Jesus, you have invited us to release our cares to you. Holding our hands open, we let go of the things we carry, the things that are too heavy for us to carry alone, the things we were never meant to carry at all. And with our hands still open, we're now free to receive every good and perfect gift from you. We receive from you the life-giving things that will renew us and the strength we need to take our next faithful step forward. Amen. I hope this practice of receiving a simple prayer has been life-giving for you. And I'd encourage you to extend this practice to your child especially in moments where they feel burdened or perhaps feel that they are a burden. It can be a simple next faithful step forward from a difficult moment or day. Thank you for joining us today for episode three of the Find Your Calm podcast. I hope you were able to unburden yourself to get your bearings, find your focus, and begin to enjoy or at least truly experience that life that is within and around you. Life is chaotic. We know this to be true. But even in the midst of chaos, you can find your calm and take your next faithful steps forward. As always, you can connect with me on Instagram as Noel C. Guevara. Give me a follow and let me know how this episode connected with or encouraged you. And if you haven't already, sign up to receive my monthly newsletter where I share practical or impractical tips and links to things helping me find my calm in the midst of the Guevara chaos. We have a lot of it. I get so much practice. Until next time, I'm Noelle C. Guevara, and I'm so grateful to be your host and guide as we navigate the chaos of life together.